morning. Are you glad you're in the house of the Lord this morning? That sounds great. What better place to be than in the presence of the Holy Spirit? In the presence of all those that love Jesus with their whole heart. So I want to ask you three questions this morning. And I hope you can answer all of them in the affirmative. If you can't, then you may have to take some action. Amen. Amen. And the three questions are, number one. Now the three questions come from, Jack always talked about a, uh, he had a missionary from China at his church back in San Antonio. And this missionary, when she came to his church, she asked three questions. And these are the three questions that I will ask you now. Question number one. Have you been born again? Nicodemus came to Jesus by night when, Je when Jesus told him, in order to enter into the kingdom of God, you have to be born again. Do you want to enter into the kingdom of God? That means you have to be, first of all, you have to have your physical birth. And definitely each one of you I can see or hear, you were born physically. I can see that with my physical eyes. But I cannot see with my physical eyes whether you have been born again. That means born from above. You have been born into the identity of Jesus. Only then can you experience life as it is meant to be. So many times we walk around in life and we say, when we ask people, how are you? Oh, I think I'm going to make it. Okay. People in the dark world, have, uh, they are more uh, uh, in, in, uh, joyous than some of us that call ourselves Christian. And we are to be witnesses unto him, not only in word, because the kingdom is not only in word, but it is in power. Do you have the power to release the presence of God into the people that you come into contact with? So, question number one, have you been born again? If you haven't, then you may rethink and you may seek to be born again. Question number two, if you have been born again, congratulations. You will spend eternity with Jesus Christ, with the Father in heaven. We will all live somewhere, either in the heavenlies or we'll, we'll live in hell, in darkness. But there will be life. Question number two. Have you been filled with Holy Spirit? I was born again years ago. And I was so thankful. I was so thankful to Jesus that he gave his life, spent his blood for me so that I could go to heaven when I die. 
in the meanwhile, I came to church every Sunday, every time church doors were open, came to prayer meetings. But somehow, after some time, let a few years go by, I lost the joy of my salvation. Have you lost your joy of salvation? Have you lost the peace of Christ? If you have, it may be due that you have never received the power from on high to walk in that victory continuously, no matter what. And I know this house has experienced much trial, much tribulation. In spite of all this, we can be, we are victorious. And we can walk in that joy even in the midst of grief. Because our joy is not the happiness that comes from one moment. Oh, I'm going to a dance. Oh, I'm going to a movie. Oh, I'm looking forward to that. I'm so happy. Whatever. Our joy is deeply rooted within because I am looking forward to find people, to bring them into the kingdom. Jesus had many trials and tribulations, but he never gave up. He marched right forward even into the darkness, into the darkness because he knew he was the light and darkness cannot overcome light. This room may be dark, pitch dark at night, but you can light one match or one little candle and the light is in. Are you that candle? Are you that light to go out into the darkness? Do you have the power to release the healing that comes from on high. This morning we had people come up front. We asked, if you need healing in your body, come up. We will pray for you. People that have the power of God within, that means we have been born from above, we have been baptized or filled with Holy Spirit. Because Jesus told the disciples, he said, don't go anywhere. Stay here in Jerusalem until I send the power from on high. See, what we, I used to do, what we used to do, we went knocking on doors from door to door and invited people to come to the church. We did not invite them to come to Jesus Christ because we didn't have the power to release Jesus Christ and his power. Have you been filled? I mean filled, saturated, to overflowing in by the Holy Spirit. Therein is, therein is wisdom. There is that power. There is the miracle working power. 
He still does miracles today, and he wants to use each and every one of you out there to do the miracle, to bring the world into the kingdom of heaven. The world is dark out there, and it's getting darker unless you let your light shine and bring it out there. Question number three. Are you being filled right now? Some of you may be here and say, yes, I've done all that. I've been born again. I accepted Jesus into my life. I'll go to heaven. Yippee, I'm good to go. But what about your neighbor? Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. If you have Jesus in you, then you are the Jesus carrier. Then we are to seek to save and to seek and save the lost. That's our mandate while we are here, not to sit on our laurels and wait until he takes us home. We have a job to do. And you know, to me, there is nothing greater, nothing more joyous than to pray with people. And to see the miracle-working power of Jesus Christ. To release the... From their bondage. How many of you are don't... You don't need to show your hands. But if you can answer yes to that, then after the service, after the message, I would invite you to come forward and receive prayer. How many of you are walking in bondage today? You are all bound up, and you wish you could be free as a bird. <laughs> free as the spirit moves continuously. You have received, you have been baptized in the Holy Spirit some years ago. Oh yes, I was baptized. I received the Holy Spirit. Yeah, but what about today? Are you still floating high with that spirit in the joy and the peace and, and, and abundant life experiencing the thankfulness. That's what it is. You know, we cannot be witnesses. You go out there, people watch you, maybe take your Bible. People used to carry the Bible. Nowadays, they carry their phone or their iPad. Um, but we used to carry the Bible, and people were watching Okay, so they saw that you're a Bible-carrying Christian. Next thing, they met you at Walmart, and you were such a crouch. Okay, that is not being witness. You can speak all the words. You can read to them the whole Bible, if you like. But unless you, you show the love of Jesus, you show the character of Jesus... It doesn't matter then. You can bring him in because if you're a crouch, I don't want your life. I have that on my own. I can be crouching on my own. I don't need for you to, to come around me. I need some joy. I need some freedom. I need some life. And that's my prayer for you today. That you anew and afresh will be filled again with the power of the Holy Spirit. So remember these three. 
Have you been born again? Have you been born from above? Have you been born into the, because the name of Jesus, the name means identity. Have you been born into the identity of Jesus Christ? Can people say, oh yeah, I can tell. I can tell that Jesus is in you. Like so many times, children, you know, they say, yeah, I can tell you're so-and-so's son or you're so-and-so's daughter. I can tell the identity you, you look, I can tell on your faces. Okay, and that's the way people are supposed to know us. The identity of Jesus Christ to walk in it. And then to be able to have the Holy Spirit, the power to be able to go to Walmart or whatever grocery store or whatever department store, whatever store you're going to. When you see people that are not doing so well, that you can say, excuse me, I see you're having, are you having any pain? Do you mind if, would you like to get rid of that pain? Do you mind if I pray for you? Why do we not do that? Because we are selfish. We think of ourselves that what if, what if Jesus does not come through? I will look foolish, but it's not about me. Jesus will come through if we are so convinced that he lives in us. And we are convinced that we have the power of the Holy Spirit within us. He can't help if you have him in us. He wants to come out. You know, like a river coming in. The dead sea is dead. Water comes in, but never nothing goes out. If Holy Spirit is in you, but you never let him come out. Flow through you. Okay? Try it one time. You might like it. Okay? The more that then more goes out, the more will come in. And that's how it will work then. Have you been born again? Have you been filled with Holy Spirit? Are you being filled today, right now? Before you leave this house, it is my prayer that each and every one of us receive a fresh infilling so that we will be bold enough to go out there like Jesus, to walk straight toward that cross without fear, knowing we will meet the Father on high. In Jesus' name, God bless you. Goodness, you're dismissed. I asked her a while ago, do you have anything to say? She said, if she answers yes next time, we've had it. Yeah, she can, she can preach. You want to hear her, just come by the house anytime. Preaches all the time. Well, it's good to be here. I want to talk with you just a little bit about 
a deal I want to make with you. I believe that uh, with a revelation of God as Father, there will be the greatest revival in the history of the world, which will ignite the harvest, and the harvest may last five, 25, 40 years, but that revival will never stop. And I asked the pastor this question this morning. Do you think a church can become a kingdom church, which is ultimate, and not be a church that knows how to deal with demons? He said, no. And I believe that. And I, I want to say a good bit, bit to you. I'm not going to labor you with a lot of time. I get a lot of my revelation, at least in the beginning, in the mornings, in the shower. And as I was showering yesterday morning before coming, uh, the Lord said, uh, there will be 25 people in the congregation who will need the kingdom of God because they're facing a crisis in their lives. I believe that the next revelation, Jesus himself was revealed especially historically in our time frame in the Jesus movement. The work and blessings of the Holy Spirit were revealed in the spirit movement following that, the 80s and the 90s, and through now, next revelation, the kingdom. You say, well, what's that? Well, if you have to ask, you need it. <laughs> because once you see it, it will change your life. And so I, I, I'm going to present something to you. And so, I, these books just came, uh, this book. It, you've already been exposed to it. I've been here since it uh, came out. And uh, this is Cosmic Initiative. My purpose in this book was to leave the person reading it with a desire that wouldn't quit until they had entered the kingdom of God consciously. Now, you can be there and not know it. If you can be there and not know it, you can lose it and not miss it. If you ever find the kingdom, and you will, you won't ever want to lose the consciousness that I am a part of something that is absolutely eternal. I don't think you can read this book without desiring to come to know what the kingdom is and how to enter it consciously. You're already in it. So the 25 copies of the book back there, I've taken 25% off the cost. And so the first 25 pick them up. If you want to order it, if they run out, and I, I, I think they will, if you'll obey God, because he talked about 25 people. Was he talking about you? Was he? 
and we happen to have about eight of Frieda's seven or eight book on uh, from Hitler's Germany to the Cross of Christ. So that's that's just a free word. Let me let me hasten into what I want to do. I've been praying for two churches the last uh, months, uh, and uh, impossible situations, great attacks of the enemy, and uh, I, I won't describe the first one, but last Sunday, I preached in that church, and God moved last Monday, a meeting of the elders that had separation with the pastor, the church was divided, and God moved and in one hour, Monday morning, in a meeting with the elders, God healed the wound. I thought, how absolutely marvelous that I'm coming to the second church I've been praying for. And God has answered me. So you need to know how he's answered me. This church has been under attack. I want to tell you why it's under attack, if you have a mystery about that. You're under attack because your pastor, from the get-go, has ministered in the realm of spiritual warfare and deals with demons. Now, you'll be interested to know that revival came to our church in 1970. We had probably 3,000 people saved in a matter of six months and doubled the church membership from 1,000 to 2,000. And then the following years, another 2,000 went to the church when it was 98 members. And my wife and I made 99 and 100. When I left the church to do what I'm doing now, we had 4,500. And that all happened because of, of what happened in the church. God came. And we dealt with demons. I don't know whether you know it or not, but Baptists have a hard time pronouncing the word. <laughs> Do you believe in <laughs> No, we, we, we don't believe that. We, we've got enough problems as we are. <laughs> I met your pastor in Tanzania, later came here. And right there, he requested to become a son, and, and they, become, they became my children. I do not have another pastor who is more committed to dealing with spiritual warfare and demons. He is hated in hell. You need to know that. He is feared in hell. And the devil has been piling on. You need to know the, the protocol of the enemy. If he can start an attack on a person, all the demons notice it and come running to help him. They just love to get in on making somebody miserable. And so what has happened here is a case of the enemy piling on. I mean, just ask a question. How many of you over the past year or so have had seemingly some some immense losses and disappointments and attacks. Just raise your hand if that's so. 
Well, that's a good many. I expect that uh, some of you wanted to raise your hand, but you didn't want to, didn't want to draw attention to yourself. Uh, don't, don't worry, because uh, the devil will get to you soon. He, he's got you on his list, and he'll be back. But I want to tell you the good news. I said, God, if I'm, if I'm going to Global River, I want to go with an answer. So here it is. As of today, the piling on ceases. Now, that means that all of you who are experiencing the collateral results of this church going on record as being opposed to the devil and practices exorcism of demons, they're not going to pile on. They're going to run the other way. Now, as that happens, this is my prophetic word, and I'm not a prophet, but anybody can prophesy when God gives a word. What is about to happen is the piling on having stopped the picking up of the spoils of war begins. Now what do I mean by the spoils of war? What the devil stole, God's going to bring back and reward you in the midst of anything you've lost. Now, obviously, he's not going to resurrect people. I wouldn't depend on that. He might. But when the devil steals something from you, there is a spoil of war connected with what the enemy stole, and what he stole, he must bring back more than seven times what he stole. Now, the next thing that's going to happen is this. The, uh, the ceasing of the piling on, the beginning of the picking up of the spoils of war, and then a personal promotion program of God for every person connected with this church. You're going you're gonna to get promotions, you're going to get blessings, you're going to get on a new trail of God, and, and that's what I want to talk about this morning, and I, I don't have to do it uh, a long time. I think I can get it done in a couple of hours, and uh, it's, uh, it's 6 till 12, and I do not hope to finish by noon, so... Uh, if uh, if you need to leave for any reason, I'll, I'll let you go. Because it's going to take about 30 minutes, I think. Would that be all right? Yeah. I was going to do it anyway. I'd just like to hear you say it. Okay. That's good. Now, what is paramount is this church has gone too far down the road to turn back. And probably as no other church I know, at least in my circle of churches, I've probably, uh, I don't, I haven't counted them lately, probably uh, 75 or 100 churches, 
and uh, a couple of hundred sons. Uh, I, I don't have another church like this one. So I just come to kind of talk with your family and to tell you what you can expect and how to go along with it. So here we come today talking about the presence of God, the presence of God. Uh, how would you like to get in a position where you were sensitive of the presence of God and could know that you're carrying it all the time? The service would just be a, a little peaking of, of the presence of God. Now, I, I sympathize with great many of you who today said, presence of God, presence, I don't feel a thing. Somebody didn't feel a thing. Now, I, I don't want to cause you a problem, but I want to tell you that, that we're in the process of developing a sensitivity to the presence of God. You have the presence of God all the time with you. More than that, you have the presence of God in you. I've been wrestling with a wonderful thing. Reading the, the scripture in Romans 8, Paul said, If the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead <clears throat> lives in you. And look at me, do you really believe that? The same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead at this moment lives in you. Now, now this is what this is going to cause if you keep messing with it. You are going to develop a sense of the internal presence of God. And when His external presence moves into a service, you're going to have an encounter. And I want to spend time until, until you get it, and then we probably can't continue if you get it. Let's, let's do it again. If the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in me, lives in you, how much of God lives in you? How much of what He knows lives in you? How much of what He can do lives in you? Why don't you do what I've been doing for about a month now? Uh, finishing that sentence. If the same Spirit that lives, uh, that raised Jesus from the dead, lives in me, ain't no problem the devil can throw at me that I can't handle in the Spirit of God. Where is the need for panic? Have I ever or will I ever face something that God Almighty in me cannot deal with, whether it's a mystery or a tragedy, a catastrophe, or, a, or a, just a plain desire, unfulfilled? Is there anything you can throw at God and He can't handle? Then what are you griping about? What in the world are you discouraged about? You are, de are a depository of the life of God right now. Now, where does that put Jesus? Well, God really can't live in you uh, 
There's only one part of God or, or one, one identity of God that can handle this incoming and outgoing, and that's the Holy Spirit. Now, I grew up in the Baptist church, and, and uh, that, that was just off limits. And uh, we were not only uncomfortable with him, we were frightened that he might get loose and do something in church. In fact, we kind of locked him up in the Bible. We had a Holy Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Bible. And, uh, and I don't disparage that. I just, I regret it. I, I went to seven, eight years of, of higher education and they, they, to be a preacher. And nobody told me that I must be filled with the Spirit. I must walk in the Spirit. I must be uh, come upon with His power. I must entertain the presence of God inside and release the presence of God through me. And I wasted 20-some years. And a lot of that was pastor. So, so what, what I want to do is just get you ready for what God is about to do because, well, let me explain that there are two facets of God's presence. There is, there's His omnipresence. That means he's at work, can't help it. Don't, don't pray God be with me. He can't help it. He's stuck with you. <laughs> Let's pray right if we're going to pray. Okay? Omnipresence. Say it with omni. Omni means when it talks about location, everywhere. When it talks about knowledge, you call it omniscient. He's, he knows everything and he lives everywhere. And if you're going to talk about the realm of his power... He's omnipotent or omnipotent, and that means he can do anything. He's everywhere, knowing everything, can do anything, and he lives in you. So this is, this is what I want to get you ready for, and I want to talk to myself as well. You have three parts. You're a, you're a trinity. You're a, a body. You're a soul. That's, that's your identity. That's uh, who you are. That's uh, your inner expression of your identity. And then you have a spirit. Excuse me. This is really the way it works. You live in a body... You possess a soul, and essentially you are a spirit. You can be a lost spirit, and the enemy has access, ingress, and right to come in and out of you. He owns you. And, and you'll go home when you die, where the devil goes home. Hell. I wish I could tell you I understand, I understand hell. I don't. But we're trying to do away with it in modern theology. And folks, you can't believe this Bible and do that. You just simply can't. There's too much talk of eternal punishment. And there won't be anybody there who didn't, uh, who, who didn't reject Jesus Christ. I don't know how God's going to handle the rest. I know he saves all the children. 
and uh, God will God'll be God, and God will do right. I wouldn't worry about that. I'd, I'd just worry about myself. If you died right now, where would you go? Well, if, if the devil owns you and uh, he goes home when you tell him, if you tell the devil go to hell, he'll go. He has to. And hell's not far from here. You would go home right now and spend eternity apart from God. I mean, wipe out the darkness, wipe out the suffering, wipe out everything else, and just try to think, what would it be with a bunch of people that never knew God? Won't be any kids there. Won't be any children there. Don't worry about that. The one upside of abortion is every one of those children are in heaven. Who are those billions of children? Oh, they're probably grown up by now. 33. Jesus' age. What I want to get you ready for, and what I want to get ready myself for, and I, I just haven't, haven't had enough experience of knowing the overwhelming, continuing, ineffable, beyond understanding, beyond feeling, of the presence of the king of the universe, the creator of the world, the great thinker, the God of all power. His spirit lives in you. And he's going to put you in the future and maybe the near, near. What, what do you think about, you know what revival is? It's a place, uh, it takes place where enough people got a concept of what the presence of God meant and how to cooperate with Him enough to get Him to express Himself. And the world beat a path to that place. The most, the, the most recent one that was a clear, a clear, and, and continuing one was Toronto. I know there were great movements, some since then, but, but they ended. If I were God, I'd find a place like Global River, and I'd start massaging the people and say, hey, you've gone down a road a good long distance. How would you like it all? How would you like for my presence to break forth and cast out every demon of every person in that church and make them demon casters out of Folks, the first demon I met, I had no idea how to do it. And that demon nearly beat me to death. Now, I, I, I just said, identify yourself. And he did. I said, get out. And the person he was in began to flip and flop and fall to the floor, writhe like a snake, uh, and hissed and, and, uh, and flopped like a fish. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, we found out a lot. You, you can stop them from that. Just say, shut up. I'm going to deal with you. Just hush. No tearing. No, no violence. I bind you. 
both to silence. When I ask you a question, which I probably won't because you're a liar, uh, I want the truth. And uh, I, I was so far beyond belief, I just said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kick you. I'm going to, I mean, the person. I was mad at the person, just cutting out and all of that. Until I realized the person didn't have anything to do with it. The devil was in control. Went under a, a, a coffee table, under the, the legs of a chair, over in the uh, section in front of the desk, and it's like something picked them up by the nap of the neck and the seat of the pants and threw them, threw him at the window. <sighs> Supernatural. He couldn't have done that. Broke the window. And uh, so my youth director and I, and grabbed a plant, a potted plant out of the window sill, out of the had a little sill in front of it, and, and began to eat the plant and, and, and eat the dirt. Now, we had something on our hands. And uh, I thought I'd just get as weird as I could so you could be shocked. <laughs> but I'm telling you why the devil hates you. Well, this is what happened. He was totally out of control, pulled him in. I said, people said, you never touch a person with a demon. Well, help me God. He was breaking the window and on his way out <laughs> and would fall one story and kill himself. I grabbed him, pulled him back in, sat on him, and, and told the youth director, go get somebody. We need some help. And that began a long series of a church in the, in the flusiest area of town dealing with demons. But I want to tell you, God was moving. In, that's fixing to happen here. I don't know how it's going to happen. I don't know the circumstances or when. But there are going to be people driving miles across the country to be here to watch God work and do His wonders in people's lives. And the open door to the Holy Spirit has been this open door. We're going to believe the whole Bible. Look at me. The one, the one thing that Jesus pointed out that the church had to do to witness, to confess that the kingdom of God was here was the casting out of demons. If I cast out demons by the finger of God, I think Matthew 12 or 11 and Luke, uh, Luke uh, 12 and 9 or whatever it is. Uh, identical statements. If I cast out demons by the finger of God, the kingdom of God is here. So look, this is a kingdom church if you didn't know it. As it flies its flag and, and things are going to happen in the next, in the next weeks. I'm telling you, I, I'm, I'm certain of that. So let me walk you through three things for you to get ready as an individual. And the first thing that's going to happen is every problem you have is going to line up and God's going to deal with them. How do you like that? And God is going to reveal to you mysteries. 
Now, I want to talk to you about something. It'll take about a minute, so here we go. The only reason for you to encounter a mystery is for that mystery to be revealed. Nothing. You, you oughtn't to be frustrated for a minute. The only reason for you to have a pain is for that pain to be healed. The only reason for you to have a loss is that something better and greater be given you in its place. Where'd you get that? Well, interpolation. I don't know what that means, but it sounds good. <laughs> it means I believe the first thing I said, and that is, if I cast out demons by the finger of God, why should people have demons? So they can be cast out. Or the first word. The only reason for a mystery. Mark 5, 22. The only reason for a mystery to exist is to be revealed. So look, this, this is how I handle this, and it's working, so don't mess me up. I, I'm an old man. I'm, I'm 85. My body doesn't know it. Because, because I practice something that uh, I, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm thinking about selling. When I have a pain, I play like the only reason to have a pain is to introduce it to God. So I woke up one time last several days with my foot in such a shape that I could hardly put any weight on it at all. And I said, God, if that scripture's right and I have, I have interpolated it, which is not interpreted, done a little more than... Okay, you get it. And before the day is over, that thing is totally healed. I woke up one morning, and this muscle in this, in this thing, uh, uh, right here, was so sore that I noticed it all the time. And I said, God, there it is. And in two hours, it was gone. I don't have pain any longer than uh, a few seconds or just a short while. I know its days are numbered. I recommend that to you. Try it. You might like it. Okay, here we go. Three steps. One step. Matthew 3, 2. The kingdom is introduced. And this is what he says. Oh, it was John the Baptist. Now, Jesus copied it later. Jesus said it in 4.17 and 3.2. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So look at me. The first step is repent. Now, we've been sold a bill of goods about repentance. Repentance, when I took my test, when I was ordained uh, at uh, 19 or 20, uh, they said, what is repentance? And then they taught me what repentance was, which was not right. Repentance is the sensing of, the sorrow over, and the separation from sin. Now, while that is a definition of repentance, that is not what Jesus was talking about because repentance, in essence, is this, changing the way you think. 
Okay, do this, please. This, right here. That is about the size of your brain. It weighs about, uh, I don't know, some more, some less. <laughs> put, your, put your hands up here. Folks, all your problems are right there. And if there's a problem in your brain, if there is a thought that is rebellious, if there is a thought that is a lie, if there's a thought that's a stronghold, if there is a thought that's causing you great worry and problem and weakness, deal with it. Because somebody's there that's the doctor if the Spirit who raised the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives here in my cranium as well as in the whole of my body, how much more will He quicken, make alive my mortal body? Some of you, and, and it really doesn't bother me because I, I know it's not going to stay that way. You're sitting there saying, Within 24 hours, some of you are going, ah! Can you imagine, let me say it again, if the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in me? What's your answer? He does. He does. There's more to this Christianity than you thought. Okay, so the first, first deal. Take it. Accept it. Believe it. Receive it. You got it. Now, you can do that right now. You, you can. You say, wait a minute, I, I need something explained. No, you don't need anything explained. You need to accept the truth, whatever it is. When you take the truth, whatever it is, you may not know one thing about it, but once you accept it as solid truth, it begins its magic in you. It's not enough just to back off and say, eh, I believe that. Which means, I'll take that as true, but I ain't going to do anything about it. In the Western world, when we... When we uh, Believe something. When we give mental consent, that's all we think we need to do. We don't get a thing that way. We say yes to the concept, and the kingdom begins its magic in us. Gotcha? Number two. Matthew 6.10. Jesus is introducing prayer, the meaning of prayer. He said, when you pray, now the Pharisees prayed. Everybody prayed. I mean, everybody prays, you know. When you pray, pray like this. Our Father in heaven, our Father, our Father. Deal with that because it's important. Hallowed be your name. 
God is placing in your hand the privilege in your life, the privilege of co-laboring with God to make him known as Father. Hallowed be your name. Well, God's name is hallowed. He doesn't need my help in being hallowed. But when I pray, hallowed be thy name, I take God, God's presence inside me serious enough to begin to learn if I can have him inside me, I can release him through me. It's not my abilities, my capacities, my wisdom, my natural, my natural gifts. That's it. God's in me. No wonder Paul said, to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is, finish it for me, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Shh. Your kingdom come. That's, that's a prayer. Why? Because my purpose is to establish my rule in every part of my creation. And I want you to co-labor with me in prayer until my kingdom has come and my rule extends to every, every nation on the earth, every village, every city, every metropolis, every home, every college, every state government, the whole of the nations of the world's governments. I want you to co-labor with me by releasing the presence of God, and that's what we're doing. The, your kingdom come, your will be done. Have you ever prayed that prayer? Stop it until you can say, and start it in me. Because nothing's going to happen if it can't get out of you. It's just an empty prayer. Folks, I didn't intend to, I didn't intend to get loud. I was going to be quiet and devotional and nice and but I just can't help it. Now the master secret. Here it is. I wish I could tell you I've known this for 40 years. I really wish I could tell you I knew it. I wish it, I could, I've known it for five years. I don't think I've known it very long. Here's the secret to it all. Not just believing the kingdom, but believing that the kingdom is so important that I must seek it first, first, first. Not football, not money, not importance, not fame. Not anything. If something comes first to the rule and government of God, you're in the suburbs of idolatry.
Seek first. What? Okay, let's, let's see how that works. So right now is right now. First. God rules. That's a good place to say. God rules. But now is what now was a while ago is now. What do we do then? God rules. God rules. God rules. God rules. Until you are baptized in the consciousness that there is one statement you can make to bid sorrow and hopelessness and grief goodbye, and that is God rules. We are not any farther to pers from personal revival than two words. And let God make it reality. He rules. He rules. You rule. Come and rule in me. That means, that means to do it once, but to make it a lifestyle. Do it once, but make it a culture inside you. God rules. Of the government of God, there is no end to increase and peace. That's Isaiah 700 years before Christ. <laughs> Result? All these things. Yeah, but A... I lost my first wife. End of the world. I wish somebody had told me. Oh, God was real. I just didn't know how he was real. And I grieved. Instead of seeking the kingdom. Somebody dies. Somebody's taken. Keep this in mind. Death can hide but not divide. He or she is but on Christ's other side. She or he with Christ and Christ in me. Still together in Christ are we. Gone but not far. Don't deal with death as a sudden tragic finality. It's just an experience in life. They've gone to a better place. Not far. We can still fellowship with what they were and did. Changing our concept of death to a kingdom concept will renew your life and fix you personally and there can be no problem too great that God just turn it over to him and celebrate your government come in Jesus' name. Okay, now. Three steps. Recognize the kingdom. It's here. The kingdom of God is at hand. That means it's within reach. Any minute, any second, it's that close. Secondly, your kingdom come, your will be done. I co-labor with God to bring the kingdom in. First, over me, then where I go. Thirdly, I seek first. First, first before I grieve. First before I hate. First before I seek revenge. First before I get depressed. First before I lust and take something that doesn't belong to me.
Um, why has God let happen to this church happen? Why'd God take the pastor's son in violence? Tragic going. Why this? Why that? You could mention 20 things, 30 or 40. Because of all the churches of the world, God is bringing a church into kingdom status that will so co-labor with God that instead of coming to a series of events that uh, tickle our fancy and impress us and do, yes, and, and, and people are saved and praise God. But what if it's time for a revival that's called a kingdom revival that will never stop? Never. This is how I believe it's going to happen. Revival, revival, revival. Every one of them revived something, but they didn't last any of them. The one that nearest to lasting is the one in Toronto, and there are evidences of it all over the city of Toronto right now. And those who led it are out preaching the gospel of the love of the Father. And revival is happening wherever they go. But it's time we entered into a kingdom revival, flew the kingdom flag, and the gospel of the, listen to this, the gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all nations. Then the end shall come. That's where we are, folks. And I'm, I'm excited about it. I'm so excited. I may be the most excited old man you know. <laughs> Why? My mentor, long since gone to heaven, was sitting writing a book on the kingdom. He was absolutely the kingdom walking around. He was a happy man. I've, I've heard tapes of his preaching, read his books. He was sitting one day writing another book on the kingdom. Caught his visage in a mirror in an adjoining room. Just worked out that way. And, and, and he saw himself. And, and, and he called himself by his first name and said, uh, Stanley, you're a happy man, aren't you? You, you can talk to yourself when, you, when you're old. And uh, when you're real old, you can, you can talk back to yourself. When you're terribly, terribly old, you can get in an argument with yourself. But he said, uh, that I am. I am one happy man. Well, Stanley, why are you a happy man? He said, he thought a minute and said, I'll tell you why I'm a happy man. I was walking across the field one day a little while ago and stubbed my toe on something, looked down, there was a box. I opened it, and there was the kingdom of God. And I found it, and I took it, and I've been hugging myself ever since. Yeah. Hear me now. You know when you find the kingdom? 
the only definition in the Bible, except just the word government, is this. The kingdom of God is not religious messing around. Uh, that's not the literal. Uh, the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking and deciding whether it's right or not. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. You know what's in you right now? Righteousness, peace, and joy. All under the tutelage and control of the Holy Spirit. If you haven't found that, I offer it to you. It's yours. If you're saved. If you're not, it'll just take a second to get saved. It's terrible to think you're saved and not saved because if you think yourself to be saved and not saved, you can't get saved because you can't get something you already got, at least in your mind. So admit you're lost long enough to say, well, if the kingdom is righteousness, peace, and joy, I don't have that. I may have a third of it. No, you either got three or none. Why don't you get saved, get sure, and accept and seek for the rest of your life the kingdom of God. The reward, all these things. What about my pain? All these things. What about I'm broke? All these things. What about I'm mad at God because he took somebody from me? All these things. So... We had, a, we had a wonderful time at the brother's house and yesterday and kind of ended it up talking about politics and the kingdom and decided we'd vote for the kingdom. Because politics is in a mess. And I was sitting there thinking, I'm honest, I was sitting there thinking, let God and his, and his enemies be scattered. And about that time, pastor or somebody brought it up and we started singing it. Uh, somebody started playing it. Yeah, brought it on and we played it. That's the whole deal, folks. Are you ready for that? This is what we're going to do. This is what we're going to do. This is what we're going to accept it. We're going to accept the kingdom as a church. I can tell you this, you're going to get outvoted if you, if you vote the other way. We're going to celebrate the breaking of the pattern of the devil piling on. We're going to celebrate the beginning of the picking up of the riches that became ours when the devil stepped over in God's business. It's payback time. And if you want involved in this, I want every one of you to be standing here in the next, within the next 10 seconds. You got to hurry. One, two, hurry, hurry, hurry. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Okay, you're slow. You're slow. You're going to do two things. 
When we make a confession in accord with God's truth, it becomes corporate and personal reality. And if you, you didn't want this, you better sit down because you're going to get it. And so we, we're just going to pray the prayer. I don't know who prayed it then, but I figure that uh, when, when they brought the, when they brought the uh, several million uh, camping out group, the Israelites stopped when the cloud stopped and started when, when the cloud started. I think this is what they said. Let God arise and his enemies be scattered. When God arises, the enemy will be scattered. The enemy of doubt and fear, the enemy of, of gossip and the enemy of division and the enemy of anger and the enemy of spite and the enemy of, ma of, of framing up on people, the, the acrimony that fills the atmosphere in America right now. We're saying, let God arise and his enemies be scattered. Now remember this, it'll not be the same when you go back to yourself. Because you have been a part of a prayer, and we've agreed. And then we go lay hands on each other, nobody will get out with hands laid on you, without hands lay, laid on you. So we're going to claim it for this church, for these things. The end, it happens. The end of piling on, the beginning of picking up, and the continuation of saying, your kingdom come. All right, let's do it. We're going to do it about ten times. Let God arise and his enemies be scattered. Say it. That's, that's one. Let God arise and his enemies be scattered. 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 Now shout from Jesus name. Let me tell you what is happening right now. Prison doors are opening. Broken hearts are being healed. Dead souls are being brought to life. Dead consciences are going to arise. Divisions are going to be united. Mysteries are going to be revealed. Pain is going to be healed. Disorder is going to be dealt with. Mm -hmm. Lord, in Jesus' name, right now, I lay hands on broken hearts. I can't imagine. My God, I can't imagine what this family, this church family has been through. 
I don't frankly know whether I could take it or not. And you, many of you, that ends today, friends. It ends today. I decree it. I shout it. So one more time, we're going to shout and then do something else. This is what we're going to do. Don't get out of here without laying your hands on somebody. You're speaking kingdom to them. You're speaking kingdom to them. You're speaking kingdom to them. See, you don't have to have it all in order to pray for somebody else to have it all. I prayed for, I prayed for, I prayed for Surpresa Sitoli 15 years ago. And he said that's when miracle ministry started. And he's raised 30, 40 from the dead. I haven't had one dead person wiggle their finger. But I gave him what God had. And you'll do the same. Think about it. Think about what you've heard. And at three, we're going to shout. When they shouted, the walls of Jericho fell down. When they shouted, the demons fled. When they shouted. There are nine Hebrew words for shout. All of them need shout. All of them being raised in your voice. If you haven't shouted, you haven't used the secret weapon of extremity. Shout. The devil doesn't know what to do with a shout. He, He has one thing to respond to. Shout and get out. Okay. So we're going to shout. And I want you to lay hands again on three persons before you go. In Jesus' name. Listen to me. There may be somebody here who's not saved. Do you know how long it takes you to get saved? That long. Just say yes to Jesus. You're as saved as I'm saved, and I've been saved for 74 years. Hey, 75, good night. Just turned 85. Shh. Okay, shout. One. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Lord, come. Holy Spirit of God. Let hell hear the people of God shouting, shouting. Give us this city. Give us this country. Give us this world. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Uh, Look at me before you leave. Here we go. Outside, I don't know the name of the gal that's going to handle this. Terry. Terry is going to be at the table where the books are. And we're taking 25, we're taking 25% off. There are about eight of Frida's, so I get those and get the others. And uh, you're going to report to me on God's blessing because he's going to reveal the kingdom. Which one do you not have? This one? That's yours. Okay. God bless you. Pastor, you got a word? Praise God. Who can add to that? God bless you all. Hallelujah.